welcome back to another episode of Me and My Health Up. I'm your host, Anthony Hatcher. I'm a clinical nutritionist and lifestyle medicine specialist. The purpose of this podcast is to enhance and enlighten your well-being. And today, I'm going to be doing that just for you. And this is going to be the second edition of the Wellness News. It's the month of February. Yes, so month of February is all Valentine's Day. And I'm going to be sharing some insight on love in this wellness news for the month. But I'm going to start with longevity. There was an article written by the Times, the Sunday Times. It was written by Peter B. on the 16th of February. And it was an article that was titled, The Secret of Staying Young, Eight Tips from the Scientists. So let's get into these eight tips from the scientists. The first one was to cut calories by up to 25%. Yes, so there was a study by Belsky and colleagues of 220 adults, and they looked at cutting the adults' intake by up to 25%, and that's essentially 500 calories for a typical daily calorie consumption of 2,000 calories. So essentially cutting out a meal per day if if this person has three to four meals a day of around five to 700 calories per meal. So essentially, this study then looked at the other, the control group, which didn't do the, obviously, the, the, the cutting of the calories or wasn't aware of the cutting of the calories. And essentially, what they found was that the when they analyzed the DNA markers of aging, they found that the calorie cutters had a 2 to 3% slowing of the pace of aging. And that translates to a 10 to 15% reduction in early death. Okay, so what I really suggest you get out and try to do is start reducing your meal sizes and reduce them over the day rather than probably cut out a whole meal because essentially our body gets very accustomed to consistency and rhythmic (laughs) intake of food. And essentially, you may get hungry if you cut out a meal. But if you just tweak and reduce each meal size, then essentially over time, that will reduce the overall calories consumed. So give that a go for this month, for the month of February. Then the other one was, part two was the running. So running five days a week. So there was a study by Brigham Young University, and essentially it looked at a population of 5,823 adults. So certainly a large study. And it looked at uh, women who ran for 30 minutes and men who ran for 40 minutes. So that's how they split the study. And essentially what they found is that by running for 30 to 40 minutes per day, five days a week, it essentially improved the length of the telomere. So that telomere, so the telomere is like the end cap of the genomic sequence. And essentially, it's like a, a condom. It's a protective. Uh, that end cap is a protection uh, to, the, and essentially, the, if you protect that or reduce the rate at which that telomere ages, it essentially slows down genetic mutation and the aging process. So that was the second tip: was to run for thirty, if you're thirty minutes, if you're a woman per day, or forty minutes for men. That was shown to be beneficial in terms of increasing the length of the uh, tele or the telomere length when compared was better for those that ran than those that didn't run. In terms of point three, essentially fast walking. Yes, fast walking each day. So essentially a study found that if you walk about 100 steps per minute, which is equivalent to around four kilometers per hour. So that's about 15 minutes per kilometer, that sort of pace. That 
was really beneficial in terms of slowing down the aging process and helping you live longer. So essentially, this was a much larger study of 400,000 people, middle-aged people in the UK, and it wanted to look at the length of the telomeres for those that in, you know were walking that period of time. Uh, well, not that period of time, but that, that pace c- compared to those that weren't. So certainly faster walking can uh, slow down the rate of aging. And then consuming one and a half to two litres of fluids a day is also beneficial for reducing aging. And this was, again, a large study of 11,255 adults over three decades, so a long study over three decades. And it found that women who consumed between 1.5 to 2.2 litres a day, and for men it was between two and three litres a day, really helped, essentially helped their body slow down the aging. So obviously with drinking fluids, we help our body flush out the toxins and to essentially run better, uh, running on much cleaner fuel as opposed to allowing toxins to recirculate in the body. So yeah, consume your water, increase your water intake. Uh, The point five was take up cycling. So never too late to take up cycling. So again, it looked at a population between uh, the ages of 55 and 79 that did uh, cycling. Uh, so essentially, and this was done over a fairly long period of time too, that uh, since the age of 20. So these people have been cycling obviously for around 30 to 40 years and, you know, doing, again, it's that consistency around the exercise that's really important. But certainly that was supportive of longevity cycling okay so get into cycling if you like it again it's just fine whatever works for you it could be walking it could be just fast walking a seven hour sleep a night really helps with middle-aged people like myself so getting that seven hours sleep a night and again it's it's quality it's quality is really important here so really looking after your sleep hygiene and and again this is generally speaking. So some people can get away with a little bit less and still feel really energetic during the day. You know, for me, it's probably six to seven hours. Some people need, you know, seven to eight or even eight to nine. Again, it's finding out what works for you. When is your energy optimal? So just tweak your sleep, improve your sleep hygiene, and yes, you'll improve your ability to live longer. Yoga has improved, has, has been proven to help people live longer. So yoga or breathing exercises or some form of meditation for 90 minutes on five days a week. So essentially, yeah, just spreading out 90, 90 minutes over five days, not that difficult, was really helps reduce that cellular aging uh, in people. Again, this was a real small study of 96 people, but we certainly know through the ages, those that have held a consistent yoga practice or consistent mindfulness routine have really you know increased their prospects of longevity and point number eight is no surprise it's essentially eat less ultra processed foods so eat more whole foods and that will significantly help you live longer so let's switch gears okay we're going to switch gears now into what i mentioned was what happens when the brain falls in love or when we fall in love what happens to the brain probably that's the better one this article comes from medscape and again i'm going to include the links to these articles in the show notes so you can go directly and read the articles in the show notes so this one was looking at the brain chemistry and what happens when we start to fall in love and essentially it results in a dopamine spike yes we get a dopamine surge it's that reward that pleasure seeking (laughs) neurotransmitter in our brain 
So essentially that gets elevated, we get infatuated over this person and we want to get more into this person. We want to know more about them and essentially as we get closer to them, essentially through hugging and whatnot, essentially oxytocin then starts increasing. Oxytocin is the the bonding. It's the bonding neurotransmitter. And so, and then during that rush of, you know, falling in love and getting closer to this person, then noradrenaline kicks in, which is your adrenals. So it's essentially just wanting, desiring that person even more. And so with all these neurotransmitters, there's, you know, also an element of serotonin there uh, kicking in. So it's essentially what helps us procreate essentially uh, is this process so um, that's what happens when we fall in love in terms of the brain neurochemistry now let's switch to another article from medscape and this was the best diet in 2023 what was the best diet as voted by these nutritionists and experts in the field of nutrition the best diet was the it's the mediterranean diet so the Mediterranean diet came in trumped again, and it's again, it's uh, it's one consecutive years. It is the most researched diet, the Mediterranean diet. There's more published papers on the Mediterranean diet than any other diet. Again, it's increasing more plant-based foods, eating more fish, eating less processed foods, reduced salt, reduced sugar, and more whole foods. So yeah, yeah, legumes, your grains, again, whole grains. It's then increasing the amount of fish consumed, olive oil. is very much lots of fruit and vegetables loaded with lots of colours. Fruit and vegetables is pretty much what makes up the Mediterranean diet. The second place came in the DASH diet. So the DASH stands for Dietary approach, Approaches to Stop Hypertension. Okay, so it's very much the DASH diet is orientated towards those with high blood pressure. Again, the Mediterranean diet will do this as well. And again, this DASH diet, it emphasizes fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean protein, and low-fat dairy. So very similar to the Mediterranean diet. And then also tying with the DASH diet was the flexitarian diet, okay? So the flexitarian diet, again, focuses on fruit, vegetables, and healthy foods and has the occasional meat. Flexitarian means that you're not a vegetarian, vegan, or you're not really labeled any of these. You have you still have meat, but the meat you have is high quality. So it's essentially you're a bit more flexible. You're going to have bits and pieces. So you're going to uh, explore and not restrict yourself from any particular macro, whether it be carbohydrates, proteins, or fats. You're not going to, or you're not going to overconsume any of the macros. You're essentially going to eat a well balanced diet with large variety now in terms of the best weight loss diets okay so what were the best weight loss diets in 2023 that were voted was the dash diet got second place and the uh the tlc diet have you heard of the tlc diet so the tlc diet it stands for therapeutic lifestyle changes okay so so it, it incorporates vegetables fruit lean protein and reducing cholesterol levels but it also obviously the tlc you know, tender loving care, therapeutic lifestyle changes also incorporates the way in which we eat our food. So incorporating our eating habits, uh, the bigger picture, the lifestyle associated around food. So yeah, I still haven't 
told you what was the number one in terms of weight loss diet. It is the WW diet. Now, what's the WW diet? You're probably thinking, well, the WW diet is the Weight Watchers diet. (laughs) So what is the Weight Watchers diet? You're probably thinking now. It's essentially, it, it again, it runs this point system scheme based on calories and yeah, so it, it constructs these points. You're allowed to ha- have so many points per day and it's essentially associated with uh, calories, calorific value. So it's very much focused around that reducing the overall calorific intake, uh, increasing energy expenditure will result in weight loss. So it follows follows that traditional approach to weight loss. What I recommend is certainly more associated with the Mediterranean diet and the flexitarian. So integrating those two and you will live a long, happy life around good food and happy moods (laughs) or certainly more balanced moods. So I also wanted to bring to your attention another article by Medscape is this is the title of the article on the 19th of January. So it's a little bit old, but it's still current. It's emotional eating is tied to the risk of diastolic dysfunction. So diastolic is associated with our blood pressure. It is the denominator of the blood pressure. <laughs> so it's essentially that this study looked at the data from, again, it's quite a large study, uh, just 1,100 individuals and looked at how emotional eating affects cardiovascular damage so it's looking at the markers of what causes cardiovascular damage and essentially what causes cardiovascular damage is elevated blood pressure and it's also this cardiovascular disease is also associated or you know part of the cardiometabolic disease that we talk about so it's essentially this metabolic syndrome where we're not eating well, we've got a non-supportive lifestyle, which is not good for our health. So again, we need to look at both diet and lifestyle in order to improve our cardiovascular health. However, this study is looking at emotional eating. And when it looks and digs into the research, what it finds is the primary cause of emotional eating is a dissatisfied brain. So it's when the, the brain is feeling unfulfilled And I've had so many episodes on how to obtain fulfillment and fulfillment comes from within. It's by living by our highest values or our priority in our life. What is the priority for you? It's living each day by that priority and not comparing yourself to others on your journey by living your highest priority. It's comparing yourself as to how you're progressing against your goals that are aligned to your highest priority. That is the key. So that is pretty much the wrap for the month and stay tuned for next month. Podcast disclaimer. This podcast and any information, advice, opinions or statements within it do not constitute medical, healthcare or professional advice and are provided for general information purposes only. All care is taken in the preparation of the information in this podcast. Connected Wellness Proprietary Limited, operating under the brand Me and My Health Up, does not make any representations or give any warranties about its accuracy, reliability, completeness, or suitability for any particular purpose. This podcast and any information, advice, opinions, or statements within it are not to be used as a substitute for professional, medical, psychological, psychiatric, or any other mental health care or health care in general. 
Me and My Health Up recommends you seek the advice of a doctor or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Inform your doctor of any changes that you made to your lifestyle and discuss these with your doctor. Do not disregard medical advice or delay visiting a medical professional because of something you hear in this podcast. This podcast has been carefully prepared on the basis of current information. Changes in circumstances after publication may affect the accuracy of this information. To the maximum extent permitted by the law, Me and My Health Up disclaims any such representations or warranties to the completeness, accuracy, merchantability, or fitness for purpose of this podcast and will not be liable for any expenses, losses, damages, incurred indirect or consequential damages or costs that may be incurred as a result of the information being inaccurate or incomplete in any way and for any reason. No part of this podcast can be reproduced, redistributed, published, copied, or duplicated in a form without prior permission of me and my health up.